Welcome back to your home inspector training. I am Garth Haslam, the home medic. So we're talking this time around about structural issues. Of course, as a home inspector, your client is going to expect you to be well-versed in what's a structural issue and what is not. We've talked about vertical and horizontal structural movement, what those mean, how to identify those sorts of cracks, what the cracks can be telling you, that sort of thing. We've also talked about natural forces, i.e. tree trunks and that sort of things, and how that can affect the structure in your home as well. This segment I want to talk about failure, signs of structural failure and other signs that maybe look like they might be indicating a structural failure, but which in fact are usually not a problem. We'll launch right into it. Generally... Most materials, when they fail, they're going to fail at a 45-degree angle. And I'm not going to get into the theory of that, but most items, like I say, there's going to be the 45-degree angle. If you look at, for example, masonry, brick, when it fails, it's going to do what's called stair-step cracking. So, obviously, the mortar is much less strong, usually, than the brick itself, so it's not going to fail through the brick, usually. Masonry's way of failing at a 45-degree angle is to do basically the stair-step cracking. Again, though, like we talked about in other segments, the top side of the stair-step cracking is usually pointing at the area that's the problem. So if the high area is the outer northwest corner of the wall, then that's the wall that has the problem. Usually you've got settlement there, maybe from rain gutters, not getting water away from the house, whatever it is. But that's the sort of thing you're going to be looking for in masonry. Now, by contrast, concrete usually is a lot more homogeneous, meaning it's the same stuff throughout, and it will do a better job of just doing the 45-degree crack. So if you've got maybe an outer corner of a concrete foundation that is settling or moving down the hill, as the case may be, quite often you will see that 45-degree crack that starts maybe uh, two or three feet away from the outer corner of the foundation and moves towards the outer corner as the crack goes up. So that's the sort of thing you're going to want to be looking for in concrete. Now, wood, by comparison, is completely different. It doesn't fail on a 45 at all. 45 degrees, basically, in case you're not into that sort of geometry. If you look at a keyboard and you see the slash keys forward and back, that's kind of what you're looking at. If you see those slashes on a house, then you know that there's going to be some structural movement. So wood, when it fails, it's going to be failing in the middle of the beam. Let's say that you're looking at maybe a beam in the basement or underneath a deck or wherever it may be, and you see that in roughly the middle of that beam, you've got a very solid crack that pretty much goes from one end to the other of that beam. That is a sign that not only is that beam potentially structurally stressed, but it has already structurally failed. The crack through there indicates like I say, that's a failure. That's not a chance that it might fail. That is a structural failure. 
So when you go looking at that, then you've got to make a decision as to what you're going to tell your client. Sometimes the design just needs to be completely redone. Sometimes you can tack on a scab or a brother, same thing. Basically, if it's a 2x10, adding on another 2x10 or perhaps two more 2x10s to reinforce that failed beam. And that's a judgment call that you're going to have to make. If you're not comfortable making it and there is nothing wrong with admitting that you don't know everything about everything, then you can refer that information or that sort of a problem out to maybe a structural engineer or somebody who you feel might be better suited to make a decision on whatever it is that you're looking at. Look at how the ends are supported as well. Sometimes you'll have maybe a deck that has 2x10 supports, but then for whatever reason, Grandpa Joe decides that he's going to notch the ends. Maybe he did that for height requirements. Maybe he had brick that he wanted to match up with. Who knows what he was trying to do. But when you notch a 2x10, let's say you notch 2 inches out of it, the rest of that 2x10 becomes meaningless. Now you have a 2x8 all the way across. You know, if you needed a 2x10, they need to not be notching the top or the bottom, especially at the connections. We've all seen where finished basements, they'll have holes drilled through roughly the middle of a 2x8 or a 2x10 or whatever you have, and that's okay. But if you notch the top and the bottom, you have very much affected the structural load-carrying capacity of that beam. And if you see that, or when you see that, and you will see that often, you need to write that up and talk to your client about what that means structurally. In addition, when you see that, you're going to want to look for signs of failure. Quite often, where you have that 2x10, and they've notched it out to make it a 2x8, you will have a crack that develops in that beam right next to where the corner of the notch is. And when you see that, once again, that is a structural failure, and it needs to be rebuilt or reinforced. Okay, again, if you're going to nail in a scab, it's going to have to be something where the scab will actually fix something. So, for example, if you're going to have to notch the scab, then you need to make sure that another notch scab is still going to be adequate. Okay, items that are not generally a structural problem. Quite often you will see on foundations where you have honeycombing. Now what that is, is when they pour concrete, they have to, of course, form it up. And as they do so, if they do not vibrate the concrete well enough, sometimes you won't get those very fine materials, the cement itself and the water, throughout. So as they take the forms off, you'll have some areas that look like they're honeycombed, where that cement and water didn't actually go. Now, just to back up a little bit, there's a difference, a substantial difference between cement and concrete. Concrete is a mixture of water, cement, sand, and gravel. Cement is actually glue. It is not what they make foundations out of. Cement is one ingredient to concrete. Don't make yourself a fool and say that you've got a cement foundation. That's like saying it's a glue foundation. Okay, get off that soapbox. When you have the honeycombing, it's generally not a structural issue. And the reason why I say that is that concrete 
has a load-bearing capacity of about 3,000 to 3,500 PSI. Usually for most homes, the load on the concrete is a very small percentage of that total. So even if you're down to maybe an equivalent of 2,000 PSI, that's still far more than adequate for carrying the load. Now, if you do have honeycombing, there are other issues besides structural. For example, it's a lot easier to get water in there. It's a lot easier to get bugs in there, that sort of thing. But it's not a structural issue. So you'll want to pass all of that information on to your client as well. Then you have what I call pyramid cracks. And again, this is a vibration thing, only this time it's at the corners. Quite often, at uh, many of the homes you inspect, you will see where there is a chunk of concrete. Sometimes it will be up to uh, maybe six inches to even up to a foot vertically of a half pyramid of concrete. So you see that, and it basically falls off. Structurally, that's generally not a problem because the rest of the concrete is more than capable of bearing the load. If the pyramid crack is large enough, if the piece that, that has fallen off is large enough that actually the masonry above it is now unsupported, now you've got a problem that's a masonry problem, and the masonry is going to fall off. That's certainly a problem, but it's not a structural problem for the house. So that just needs to be categorized correctly. If you have plaster that is gone off of a concrete foundation, plaster is makeup. So to the point that the makeup falls off, it's just aesthetics gone bad. That's not a structural issue. It's very common to see plaster that's bowling and coming off, and that just means that it didn't adhere well when they installed it originally. When you see small cracks, that's just concrete doing what it does. I had a concrete technician tell me once that there's two kinds of concrete, the kind that has cracked and the kind that's going to crack. So small cracks in concrete, basically what's happening when they pour that stuff, it's got water in it. By the time you're looking at it, it doesn't have water in it. So your volumes of material have changed considerably. The water's gone. As a result, the concrete tries to crack to make up for the change in volume, and so you get those small cracks. Now, that's very much an argument for keeping water away from the foundation because you've got all these hairline cracks going on everywhere. If they become larger, then perhaps you have other issues, water entry, pest entry, etc. But smaller cracks are generally not going to be a structural issue. If you have a question, take a picture, send it in to me, and maybe we can get you covered. But... Those are not a structural issue generally. So this time around, we've talked about signs of failure. We've talked about signs of just reality happening that is not a structural failure. Glad to have you on board. Thank you for hanging with me. And as always, go out there, do me proud. <laughs>